Welcome back to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. My interview today is with Jason Guppy. Although he has worked on the product side for over 20 years, he is now officially on the front lines as a sales rep running his own business. In this episode, we ended up getting into a short sales or deal coaching session, which was totally impromptu, but he's in the process of getting to the final stage of his first deal and a pretty big deal. As a newly minted salesperson, he shares some of his mistakes in this first deal, which include missing one of the business units that had a real opinion on this deal. He talked about doing a big demo that he built really for the financial side of the business, but then the sales leadership showed up to the demo and he was missing the mark as far as what they wanted to see. Jason's also successfully built and sold a company and share some of the lessons learned about that process and how that'll apply to this next uh, initiative and company that he's building up. Really check out, pay attention and check out his passion and belief about the product. I know you're going to enjoy the show. Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, welcome back to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. So my guest today, Jason Guppy. So I'm not gonna go through his whole uh, bio. You can grab that from the show notes, and some of that will come out as we go through the conversation. But Jason, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on. Awesome, hi, Chris. Nice to see you again, and glad to be here. Good to see. You. I mean, we probably could have just done this at my house. I mean, you're only a few blocks away, but uh, that's the world. You're just right over there. Yeah, just uh, the virtual world we live in. So, you know, I'm really uh, excited to have you on today because you have an interesting story as a salesperson in the software space. So you've been a, a career veteran in the software space, but it's been on the product side and you're now a new sales rep. You're a newbie. How's that going for you? That's right. I'm getting my feet wet. I'm learning the language and uh, I still have some imposter syndrome, you know, where I, I really feel like, well, I really am a product guy, but here I'm trying to pretend like a salesperson and I hope that all works out and feel like a real, real one. But so far, so good. It's I, I'm literally just uh, hopefully closing my first deal this week. We'll talk. Uh, we're down to the final two and we're going to talk in about an hour about final pricing and some things like that. So my first sales cycle. Exciting times, exciting times. Well, so Jason, just give the give my audience just a little bit of background. You were a product manager doing what, and now you're a salesperson doing what? Well, so the short story is I had an opportunity to be to co-found an enterprise uh, EPM, uh, enterprise performance management uh, software company in, in 08. We sold it in 14. And since then, I've been contracting back with them to help them launch new products. And, you know, I just kind of got a little itchy. I was I was sales curious, you might say, uh, 
really, I wanted to launch a new uh, a partnership with them is what we're doing to help them grow some new vertical markets. And so right now I'm the only person, so I'm everything. I am the salesperson and I'm giving it a shot. So, so far, so good. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, and it, this is something that we all need to remember, right? Even if we're not directly carrying a bag, whether you're in product or marketing, everybody has a role in the sales process and responsible for selling at some level. But you are now the frontline salesperson doing the role. So, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I've been involved in the past from a more of a technical side. And so, um, you know, I've been involved in some sales demos where we go on site and we pitch, but never before in terms of managing the leads, managing the relationships. It's a whole new world. And you're right, everyone has a role in it. So now I'm front and center. Just a, just a level set for uh, my listener. What what is a EPM? What is what does that mean? Enterprise performance management. It's it really your classic budget, but then of course rolling forecasting is becoming a thing these days, and financial reporting. So we we sell to the uh, CFO. So they're the decision ultimately the the decision maker, but it's usually the controllers and finance people that we're working with. Awesome. Well, so let me ask you this. So, okay, so you're selling to the CFO and and some of the people that report to the CFO. What have you learned about how you're preparing for that executive discussion, how to get to them, how to make yourself relevant? Well, and this has always been, you know, I have had great respect for our salespeople in the past because clearly there's a way to do it that I don't yet understand. So I, I'm still on the front end of this, of course, and kind of guessing uh, this first opportunity we have is with um, an internal advocate who uh, believes in our product. And so we're working through that person. And I do not have a relationship with uh, the CFO. And so, in fact, the CFO didn't make it to the demo. I have not been in any communication. I mean, it's kind of a classic sort of blunder, I, mean, I think, <laughs> from what I've heard. Uh, right. The the people that sell the best are starting at the top with those uh, decision maker relationships. And I don't have that. So it's been painful. It's been difficult. But I have a, a my internal advocate is a 49 percent decision maker. OK, so there's another 51 percent in the organization. I don't know. And I feel like I'm flying blind. It's it's yeah. scary, actually. Well, let, let's go back to that. So um, you're partly right, at least in my opinion. It's not always about starting at the top. In some cases, it's doing what you're doing, which is if you can get a really good internal champion that understands the business significantly better than you do, you know, it's how do you enable them to go sell and kind of take their tentacles out to all the different contacts within the account. Yeah. But at some point, then you've got to leap up to that that economic buyer and get them on board. Well, and Chris, maybe you can help educate me right here on the spot on your podcast um, for everyone else's benefit too, because I'm still trying to figure out maybe what I should have done better. I'm assuming that I should have at least worked through my contact to get to the CFO and those other decision makers rather than letting that person just run free and, and be our only voice. Um, so at some point you do, I, I assume, need to get to those other decision makers personally. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, in some cases, you know, you may not be able to. Uh, I've worked in a number of companies where maybe what we're selling is more infrastructure and pipes, and you know, it's they they just don't want to talk to that vendor. So then it's all right. Well, how do we best enable that champion so he or she can deliver a message that speaks on our behalf when we're not there? You know, and that's when the quality of your proposal, the quality of how you capture how you're going to impact some of their business problems. You know, you're taking your software, your financial reporting package, 
and tying it into maybe key initiatives and goals that they have, you know, if that can speak for you when you're not there, that definitely helps. But uh, in some cases, it's, it's, you know, it's that champion asking them to sponsor a meeting and figuring out how you can help them even elevate their reputation with that executive as part of your process of going up the chain. Well, and if I could give you a lesson learned on this one, um, we get into this demo with 30 people and I didn't really even know who's going to be there until the day before. And it turns out there is a, a large sales contingent because they're considering sales planning and they're wondering how are we going to handle sales planning? I've been so focused on this finance advocate, this person inside who really wants to do the core budget, not the sales. They're, they're two different pieces of the organization. And the sales folks um, apparently had are looking at maybe more of a web-based, we're, we're more of a thicker client and they want this complete browser solution. I didn't know that, got caught a little bit unaware. And now the sales, you know, I didn't really speak to their needs enough. So that's another lesson that I've learned is really methodically finding out what are all the potential uses? What are their, what are those groups uh, requirements and, and what are they looking at it for? So you know, I, I think this deal is at risk because I talked, my entire demo was about what my my guy needed that I knew. Yeah. And the salespeople were like, well, what about us? What about sales forecasting? And we can do what they want, but I didn't talk about it enough in the demo. So big lesson learned. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's, um, you know, in some cases, you know, it's exploring all the different use cases that the customer has. And in some cases, maybe you're not a great fit for some of those. And I don't know your product, but let's just say maybe you're not the best fit for the sales piece. Well, then it's all right. Well, how do you, how do you kind of isolate that off to the side and um, keep it focused on the financial piece and maybe away from the sales piece and maybe segment that out? Well, and it's tough because this decision is solely about this finance piece of what but what they're wondering is, okay, if we go to sales, they don't they haven't made a decision about sales forecasting. So they're trying to keep their options open. And so how do you plan for the future, but address their needs today? So there's a little bit of, we're in limbo on that a little bit. So yeah, yeah well, good times. Well, I feel like I'm on a deal review call. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess I'm curious. So, you know, you were as a product guy going on product demos and, and now you're, now you're out there working the sales cycle. What's been maybe one or two of the biggest surprises or, or kind of hard knock lessons learned along the way besides the maybe getting ahead of other stakeholders? Yeah, I, I think not fully being aware of exactly what they do want to use this product for in the long term. Instead, I, I just got excited about what my one contact was asking for. And I didn't do a thorough enough job of really saying, well, what is everyone going to eventually look to this tool for? And so, so that that caught me, you know, off guard a little bit. And and, the, and not having any relationships with any of those other decision makers, not even knowing what their needs are. I think those were the biggest surprises here. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's we I've talked about this in lots of episodes. My guests have talked about it. You know, it's and I've been in technology sales for 27 years, and it's so easy to get like excited about the the product, the features, the bells, the whistles, and and you know, especially when you're talking to the actual user of it because they're getting excited too. Yep. But it's like, how do we how you know, how do we translate that into outcomes for the business? Right. Sometimes it's easier, especially maybe with the financial package software or sales type forecasting software, than it is maybe with like IT infrastructure hardware, but. You always have to be finding a way to how do I tie it to outcomes for the business 
you know, how do I get into the flow of how they make money, getting into the flow of their revenue, yeah. um, you know, connecting those dots? Well, I think like anything else, emotions get involved, right? And, and you have to be, I, I'm already learning just now that you, you have to sort of keep those in check a little bit, because I think when this person came to me and said, he kind of indicated that we were a shoe in like we were, we're 49%. I think the other 51 is scattered across multiple people that I'm sure I can convince no problem. And so I just sort of thought we've got this in the bag. Right. And so, um, so maybe that's one, another part of this is not ever assuming that it's a sure thing, right? That's, but, but you get so excited that you just forget to check these other assumptions that you're making. Yeah. You had sales happy years. Yes. Before we jump into the topic, I wanted to let you know that we just launched a monthly drawing for one of our insulated high-tech freedom tumblers. Now, I've been sending these out as a thank you gift to each of our guests, and the response has been great. You know, everyone has a full-size coffee cup, a Yeti, or whatever brand that they might use, but not everybody has the small tumbler that you can put your wine or beverage of choice in. They're great for the deck beach camping or just you know just keeping your drink warm or cold i'm not selling these but i am excited about them so we decided to offer these up to the loyal podcast listeners by doing a monthly drawing so if you're interested go to hightechfreedom.com forward slash mug that's m-u-g and you'll see a picture of the tumbler and you can enter we'll just collect your name phone number and email and if you do win we'll then follow up and ask for your mailing address so we know where to send it if you don't win, your name stays in, so you don't need to re-enter. Well, so Jason, I'm curious if you don't mind me asking, this is all real time, so I hadn't thought about this, but let's say you have your call and they come to you and say, we think we're going to go uh, a different direction. What do you do? Well, you know, this is the classic sort of conundrum that I remember my, so, so the prior business I had, you know, I had a partner that handled all the sales and marketing and he was, he or is really great at, at this in this world that I'm now getting into. And he was really good about not just succumbing on, on price to price pressure, right? Like he, and it takes confidence it takes belief in yourself again all those emotions right like yeah. because it's so tempting to want to say well let's just keep dropping the price right because i just want to get the deal so what's it going to take and so i remember him going back and really focusing on strategic leverage that you might have and so each deal of course is different i know that that the main user really wants us and i know that we accommodate his needs really well but you know I'm I'm sort of leveraging my partner on this, the mothership, if you will, that I'm partnering with the old company, and they have some folks that are involved, and I'm still in learning mode. So so we are prepared to drop our price a little bit within a certain range. We've kept some on the table for us to be able to work with, but I I think it'll be important to have some confidence in ourselves and know that we do add a lot of value and try to make sure that we continue to go back to um, our value propositions. Yeah. Well, that's key, right? Those value propositions. And then that tie again, tying it back to the business. And, you know, when you get down to the, that final decision, you know, it's what is the cost? It, let's say it's a de decision between doing this and not doing anything at all. You know, what is the cost of not doing it? You know, sometimes they want to come back and 
squeeze you for a little bit of extra discount. But what is that relative to the money that they're spending right now in terms of how they're doing it today, the broken process, the lack of a process? Yeah. Well, and I know we have had some insight that they this is a top uh, priority for them. We're halfway through the quarter and they want it implemented by the end of this quarter, quarter right? Like, of course. Um, so we know that there is a strong need there. So I think we have to be comfortable that, you know, they're, they're going to do something. It's just a matter whether they pick us or the competitor. So there's a strong need and, and, and we're just going to have to make sure we differentiate between what they're offering and what we offer. Yeah, the other piece that seems like it could be in play, again, I don't know your product well enough, but I mean, I know a little bit about your history, is if they truly want to get it done this quarter, right, and they have to decide between the two vendors, there's a risk of implementation. Yeah. And, you know, who can address that the best? Yeah. And clearly, you've got in tons of knowledge. Chris, I'm, I'm writing notes. I Thank you very much. You're giving me tips for this call later today. <laughs> All right. Well, let me know how it goes, please. No. No, you're absolutely right. Actually, the ability to even meet their deadlines, I, I feel like we have an edge there. So that's definitely going to be a, a point for us. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so Jason, so fast forward, right? Let's, uh, you know, you keep doing what you're doing. What is, uh, what does the sales role look like for you in 24 months, five years? You know, where do you want to take this company? Well, so I am bootstrapping a one person partnership right now. And the, the goal is to go in, I'm, I'm targeting a few markets. So once we get traction, the goal is for me to oversee the entire thing. So um, truth be told that, that I'll always be involved in sales cycles and overseeing things, but I won't be the sales, even the sales leader um, ultimately. So it's good for me right now to become uh, versed in sort of the, the language and, and the technicalities of it. But ultimately, I'll bring someone else in to to kind of do it. I, I'm I'm sort of a jack of all trades, right? And I need to be aware of that. That I I've met really good salespeople, and I don't think that I'm one of them. I don't know. I don't I don't think that's just me um, not having the confidence. But yeah, so so I'll I'll just bring in some other folks to yeah. to help me with this. Well, so you're really you're really an entrepreneur, and you've already built the business, as you said, and then sold it. So maybe let's let's pivot for a moment to that. So you went full cycle on kind of bootstrapping a business, building up the team, leading the team, uh, having success, and then cashing out. Talk a little bit about what you learned about you know, running your own business, being the entrepreneur, and you know some of the lessons learned. Wow. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, how much time do we have left? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. You know, the thing that stands out, Chris, when you say that, is that I... So I was 34, 35 when I started that, had the opportunity to start that business. And um, I was a little naive. I mean, I, I kind of went into it thinking that if we all just focused on the product and making and the customer, and I was really hell bent on just how do we make this an amazing uh, tool and experience and implementation for the customer. And the biggest lesson in terms of working with other people is that I definitely was, um, I stepped on some toes, whether my partners and employees usurped authority was kind of all over the, you know, classic sort of young mid thirties, brand new, oh my gosh, let's all get on board and do this. And I, I thought I was doing it and I justified it as doing it in the name of uh, the customer and what was right for the customer. But ultimately I didn't listen and, and give enough rope and control to the people around me. So I, I think 
having emotional, uh, you know, an EQ yeah. and, and sort of, de- I've been having to work on developing that and understanding how I, it, that, that to me, that's the hardest part about growing a business is how do I implement my vision while letting other people have their own vision of what, how they see their role in that inside my vision, right. And sort of like reconciling the, the difference and, and knowing which battles to fight and things like that. So um, those relationships w- internally are so important to make sure those people feel like they're part of it and they own it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to do. And, you know, I commend you on being able to kind of go back and recognize that. And I'm sure that'll be foundational to as you build up the next business and how you do it different. I'm, I'm hoping to do it better this time. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, look at, at the end of the day, right. It, and that's part of the reason why I do the podcast and why people listen to the podcast is, you know, we're always getting better. We're always trying to improve. And as soon as you stop trying to improve, guess what? You're not growing. And if you're not growing, it's atrophy. So. Absolutely. And I think there's also something about growth that just is, it just gets you up in the morning and it gets blood flowing and gets all that gets everything going. I mean, I think in a way it's like the reason why artists paint on a canvas is you trying to improve yourself. You are your own personal canvas that, you know, your life, you're painting your life. And so to be able to continue to adapt and learn and apply those lessons to new situations, whether it's in sales or growing a business, um, it's exciting. It gets me up in the morning. It is. It is. Well, Jason, as we wrap it up, I, you know, the name of the podcast is High Tech Freedom. And, you know, I like to ask my guests, hey, what does freedom mean to you? You know, we're all working towards, especially in the sales world, lots of upside. We can make a lot of money, but we're all working towards something. What what does freedom mean to you? Wow. Well, you know, when you... (laughs) The first thing I think of is my my children, right? And um, I am only around them about half the time uh, these days. And um, and, and you know, the ability to have a life where I can make the choices to—it's not just spending the time with them, but impart my knowledge and help give them guard guardrails again without you know micromanaging and helicoptering, but still you know being an example for them. You know, that's that's the freedom that I'm looking for in life, you know. So I don't really know what retirement is really going to look like. To me, you know, one of my lessons in life is that I don't think that stopping work and not engaging with other people, to me, that's not a good retirement. So how do we continue to work with other people and create things when we choose to, right? I mean, that's the, right. We all want choice, right? That That's ultimately what lo- we're looking for is I'm going to partake in the projects that I choose to because they're super exciting. And I wake up at 5.30 AM with my brain buzzing because I can't wait to hop out of bed and do X, Y, and Z. That's the freedom that I'm looking for. Not the freedom to just go to sit around on a beach. I mean, that's great here and there, but the freedom to make those choices and do it, spend my time how I want. I love it. I love it. I've had to keep a notepad next to my bed sometimes because when you do have those ideas, they continue to percolate and then I can't go back to sleep. But if I go, it's like, all right, let me just write it down. Then I can just forget about it and get back to sleep. It's yeah. It's funny when I, you know, right now I have so much uh, going through my head. I, I, I woke up at four 30 this morning. Now I am going to bed at 10. So, you know, sleep is one of the things I've learned is how important sleep is and drinking lots of water. So, but you know, six and a half hours of sleep for me, that's not enough. So I'll definitely have to take a a nap later, 
but my brain is excited. I just can't, you know, I have you, but to your point, I have to get up, I have to write those things down. And uh, to me, that's, that's the way to live is to find something that you're passionate about, whatever it is, whatever that drive, you know, drives you, whether it's how to, you know, tweak a sales deal to make sure you're, you know, you're getting the most value to the customer. So they're making the best decision or building the business or whatever it is. So. Well, you also have a big deal that's about ready to have a decision today. So clearly you have some sales bones in your body because, you know, that's <laughs> when that's what for so many salespeople that do really well. I mean, that's what it's all about. That excitement, that rush, you know, it's maybe we're a little bit of ad adrenaline junkies on a, from a sales perspective, you know, you're getting down to crunch time and you now the heart rate starts going and, you know, you can yeah. start to feel it. Um, it's love it. Yeah. Well, we're all competitive, right? We, we want to win. and. Um, you know, I think we want to win because we honest, hopefully that's why we're doing it. That's why I, I want to win because I feel like I'm truly implementing something that adds value and makes my customer the hero of their organization. Like I, I truly in my heart and my bones believe that when they get our solution, that they're going to go out and, and I've seen it happen over and over and over again, where people come back a year later and they're like, oh my gosh, wow. And so it's fun to deliver that kind of value to people. And so, so listen to what, what Jason just said there, right? It's that level of belief, that level of passion, the ability to tell those stories of past customers that did it, came back. Um, that's another level of passion that, that'll, that the customers will see versus, you know, the other SaaS vendor who's just going through their playbook, going through their, their pitch deck, whatever it might be they may not have that same level. And so sometimes that is the difference between A and B. If all things are being equal, yeah. how is how are you going to connect with a the customer? They're going to see that passion. They're going to see those stories and understand those stories and start to be pulled into you know, your belief that you're going to make them better. So I think that's great that you've got that excitement. Well, yeah, those it's those relationships and what those people glean from you. And I think hopefully to your point, that excitement, that it's sort of an intangible a dimension of your relationship that people can't maybe put a finger to, but it, it creates a certain energy that gets people excited. And so, so yeah, hopefully that's a big part of the equation. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jason, thank you so much for your time today. R really a pleasure to catch up and let me know how I can help if there's anything I can ever do. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, again, thank you. And for those of you that are out there, if, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast or you have a story that you want to share some lessons learned, I am always looking for great guests. Maybe you don't, it's not really your thing and you don't want to do it, but you know, somebody we are right now in the season of global sales conferences. And so everybody's getting their trophies. They're getting their president's club, uh, trips and awards. Uh, if you know somebody that has won an award, has achieved club or president's club or achievers club, whatever you call it at your company. Um, I would love the referral and I would sincerely appreciate it. Cause I, you know, I want to hear from those people and you want to hear from those people and hear what did they do to make them successful. So drop me a note. Thanks again for joining us today to get more sales and real estate tips. You can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. 
If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever. Thank you.